p.m. It is now 6 p.m. Stay tuned for the WBAI Evening News presented by The Independent. Stay tuned. Good evening. In the news tonight, the latest on the Christchurch massacre in New Zealand. Measles spreads in Brooklyn, and 10,000 NYC nurses are set to go on strike. Find out why. You are listening to Indie Radio on WBAI 99.5, presented every Monday by The Independent, New York's progressive, reader-supported newspaper. I'm the Indies' associate editor, Peter Rue. That's the sound of graves being prepared in Christchurch, New Zealand, where mourners continue to bury and pay tribute to the some 50 people who were gunned down by a white supremacist at two mosques during Friday prayers. The killer live-streamed part of the attack and left behind an extensive manifesto praising other racist mass shooters, including Dylan Roof, who fatally shot nine people at a black church in Charleston, South Carolina in 2015. At the White House Friday, President Trump was asked if he considers white nationalism a rising threat around the world. I don't really. I think it's a uh, small group of people that have very, very serious problems. I guess if you look at what happened in New Zealand, perhaps that's a case. I don't know enough about it yet. They're just learning about the person and the people involved. Uh, but it's a, certainly a terrible thing, terrible thing. There are more than a 1,000 active hate groups in the United States, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center, a record high and part of a 30% increase since Trump was elected to office. The vast majority adhere to a white supremacist ideology. The death toll in the Christchurch shooting may climb higher as many of the killer's victims are in critical condition. Ethiopia's transport ministry said Sunday that information from the flight data recorder of an Ethiopian Airlines plane that crashed on March 10 and killed more than 150 people shows clear similarities with an earlier disaster involving the same kind of Boeing aircraft in Indonesia. While countries around the world grounded the Boeing MAX 8 following the crash, it wasn't until Wednesday that President Trump took the same step, reportedly following multiple conversations with Boeing CEO Dennis Muhlenberg. French yellow vest protesters in Paris clashed with police along the Champs-Élysées Sunday, expressing anger at President Emmanuel Macron's economic policies. Luxury stores, restaurants, and banks on the famed avenue were blackened by fires. The yellow vest movement accuses Macron's government of favoring France's elite over the concerns of families struggling to pay their bills. Sinking living standards, stagnant wages, and high unemployment are among their concerns. Fox News host Janine Pirro's show didn't air Saturday after comments the previous week in which she questioned whether Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar's Muslim faith meant that she lacked loyalty to the Constitution. President Trump tweeted in Pirro's defense Sunday, urging Fox to stop working so hard on being politically correct. He also took to Twitter to suggest that the NBC sketch comedy show Saturday Night Live come under federal investigation for repeatedly mocking him. The controversy surrounding Pirro comes after audio recordings of another Fox News host, Tucker Carlson, making racist and homophobic remarks emerged. In New York City, 10,000 nurses at three private hospital networks, Mount Sinai, Montefiore, and New York Presbyterian, have announced plans to go on strike. We are nurses! Mighty, mighty nurses! 
Members of the New York State Nurses Association gave their employers 14 days' notice of the impending job action on Monday. They want the hospitals to reduce patient-to-nurse ratios, which they say are endangering lives. Here's Union Representative Judy Sheridan-Gonzalez speaking with me today on the picket line in front of Mount Sinai Hospital on the Upper East Side. So Judy, you met with the Hospital Alliance on Thursday and Friday. How, how did things go? Same as always, nothing happening. They finally gave us an offer. That was a, a, not a real offer. It was an offer of a salary increase that we knew that they were going to offer us anyway. It's what everyone got. But they said it's contingent on the state budget, which already has been settled. So we are not clear what that means. Uh, and nothing else. They, I guess they think they can buy us off and our patients are not for sale. So, yeah, I mean, the, the pay raise isn't even an issue, the central issue of this uh, impending strike. It's, exactly. It's it's to treat our patients with dignity, not just the ratios are really important. Obviously, we need enough staff. We need other caregivers as well. We don't want our patients uh, stuck in hallways on stretchers for four and five days upstairs. We don't want this overcrowding that exists in our emergency departments, a shorter clinic waits, better care for our patient. It's all about that. And so what's next? Uh, we're, we're on the picket line here today, and then I think you've given 10 days notice? We've given, well, it's a 14-day notice. We're scheduled to go out 6 a.m. on April 2nd. Uh, it, we welcome the hospital to respond and address the concerns that we have about the care that our patients are getting. And what's the most important thing you want the public to know about this impending strike? That it can be avoided. The ball is in the boss's court. Um, if they come back to us and do what's right for our patients, then there's not going to be a strike. Uh, we, we wish they had done it six months ago. We got to this point because we have exhausted every single solitary other means that we can utilize. And we want to be there for our patients, but nothing nothing we've done so far has worked. Right. Thank you. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, sure. We go back. We'll hear more on this story from the striking nurses later in the broadcast. Unionized workers representing pre-K teachers have elected to authorize a strike. Mayor Bill de Blasio counts his publicly funded, community-run Pre-K for All initiative among his major achievements. But the pre-K teachers often labor long hours for less pay than their public school counterparts. District Council, the union representing the pre-K instructors, hopes the dispute will be cleared up following a meeting with the mayor later this month. If the teachers do walk out, it will likely occur over a one-day period in May. The toll from a Brooklyn measles outbreak reached 160 people, mostly children, last week. The city's Department of Health and Mental Hygiene has identified a number of yeshivas in Brooklyn's ultra-Orthodox Jewish community that defied its vaccination mandate as the cause behind the spread of the disease. Here in New York State, the push is underway to decriminalize sex work. Brooklyn State Senator Julia Salazar announced plans for a bill that would do just that last month. And Queens DA candidate Tiffany Caban is also in favor of the idea. Relatedly, NYPD arrests for loitering, a charge commonly used to nab suspected prostitutes, rose 180% last year, the first increase since 2012. Trans women and women of color are disproportionately charged under the law. Half of the loitering arrests occurred in Queens, a quarter in Brooklyn. Lastly, Say La Vie, Satan's Children, the Whitestone Realty Company, recently purchased the Hells Angels Clubhouse on East 3rd Street, home to the Hog Straddlers for five decades, for an undisclosed sum. Seen packing up and heading for the open road, one angel told a villager reporter that his band of hell-bound outlaws didn't know where it would go next. 
Word on the street is it's somewhere in New Jersey. We'll be back shortly after this break. All right, and we're back. You are listening to Indie Radio News on WBAI 99.5. And I'm the Indies Associate Editor, Peter Rue. It's great to be with you, great to be here. And joining me on the line to discuss the impending nurses' strike, we have Anthony uh, Siapa. He's a registered nurse at New York Presbyterian, and he's first vice president of the New York State Nurses Association, or NISNA. And also with us, we have Shana Murphy, who works in the neonatal intensive care unit at New York Presbyterian. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. Hi, thank you for having us. Yep, uh, big times, uh, big things happening right now. And first, a quick clarification. Uh, the nurse's voice you heard earlier in the broadcast during the headlines, that's Judy Sheridan Gonzalez. She's, in fact, not, not just a representative of NISNA, but she's NISNA's president. And she's also a working nurse, nurse at Montefiore. Um, but moving along, uh, okay, so Shana, Anthony, um, today your union gave notice for a strike, and as I understand it, uh, the walkout is planned for April 2nd. This strike is going to impact New York City's three private hospital networks. It's a total of five hospitals combined. Um, these are Montefiore, Mount Sinai, and New York Presbyterian. Um, so each of you, maybe you can take some turns. What, what do you say, what would you say to people that are listening on their way home now uh, in their car or, or just, just uh, tuning in right now, uh, scratching their heads? Uh, what's going to happen? Uh, why, why are the nurses going on strike? Why, why are you walking out? Sure. Um, so we've been trying for uh, many, many, many years to solve this staffing issue. Uh, we tried in our last contract. Uh, and contracts before that, uh, but management has uh, refused to uh, have any uh, language that uh, gives them any accountability towards staffing. And what we've seen over the years is a, a slow and, and progressive and dangerous decline mm. in our staffing numbers. While the patient acuity has been rising, patients are living longer, and and, and uh, the um, the care has been uh, more complex in, in, in delivery, and uh, we have seen, you know, uh, staffing levels drop at the same time when we need them to increase. So now we're at a crisis level where uh, patients' lives are in jeopardy, our licenses are at risk, and we're unable to deliver the type of quality care that we're trained to do. Nurses often leave frustrated uh, and 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 uh, unable, you know, to um, you know care for our patients uh, the way that we need to do, and we've just been pushed to this tipping point. We have a moral and ethical responsibility mm. to our patients and their care, and and that's why we're doing what, what we need to do now. Yeah, but I mean, as I understand it, the hospitals uh, represented in this bargaining group by the New York City Hospital Alliance, they've offered a raise, but you're, this is the central issue of this impending strike is, is not, uh, not a raise for, for you, but it's uh, to, 
to improve these patient-to-nurse ratios and improve patient care. Um, Shana, you're working at a neonatal intensive care unit. What, is, what do those ratios mean for you on a daily basis? So in the neonatal ICU, we can often care for anywhere from two, three, or four patients at a time. These are critical care newborns, and they and their families deserve our full attention. So when I have three or four patients, it's I'm not able to give the care that I want to provide for the patient and also for the family. These are new families in sometimes the most terrible situations of their lives dealing with a critically ill newborn, and we want to be able to support them in this whole process. So having a ratio of saying, you know, one nurse to one baby for a critically ill child means that I get to assess all the needs of the child at the bedside, do all of my clinical assessments and all of the tasks I need to do, as well as be able to educate the family to the process, to what's going on, and support the family through this. And that's really critical for us as nurses to be able to do that. Mm. And I was out on the on the picket line today in front of Mount Sinai, and I, I spoke to numerous nurses that talked about this very agonizing process where... Uh, they're being forced to ration care or basically decide, okay, this person is really sick and this person is really sick. I can't treat both of them. I have to make some decisions here. Is that something uh, that either of you are encountering uh, in, your, in your work? Yes, <laughs> daily. Yeah. That is a daily thing for me in the NICU. I will be on the unit and I'll have three patients and two of them will be crying, needing attention. Maybe they just need to be swaddled or maybe they're hungry, but I haven't, my third patient is, you know, needing, um, is desaturating and needs some assistance and I need to go to him because their vital signs are, are dropping. So I need to go to them while leaving my other two patients crying, uh, which is not a decision I should have to make. Um, it is very real every day on the unit. Mm. And Anthony, anything you'd like to add to that? I mean, you're you're a union representative, but you're also working as an you're also a working nurse. Am I am I correct? <clears throat> yeah, I'm a cardiac uh, telemetry nurse by training. Mm. Uh, I took a break from that role, uh, although I'm still a nurse in the hospital to uh, help assist with uh, union business. We have some language in the contract that allows me to do that. But I remember, uh, and, and like what Shauna said. Uh, you know, I, I remember a time where, you know, I, I was at work and I had to make a decision whether, you know, to hang blood and administer critical medications to a patient or feed uh, an elderly patient who was a complete assist. And uh, I was not able to get to her. And, and subsequently, a tray was left in front of her. And then uh, they came around and they picked up the tray and removed it from her. And I, I think that that's, uh, that, that that's pretty torturous to have a meal placed in front of you and not be able to eat it, I still think about that patient, and, and it breaks my heart. And that's just one example uh, of the types of ridiculous decisions. No nurse should be forced to make a decision like that. We should have enough staff to adequately take care of all our patients. And no one feels that impact more than when they're alone in a room scared and they hit a call bell and there isn't anyone to answer it, uh, to hold your hand, uh, to be there in your time of need, and, and it's heart-wrenching, and, and that's exactly the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Mm. And uh, we're going to take a break in a moment, but what would you say to critics and, and the New York City Hospital Alliance or just, yeah, just people in general that say, look, conditions are bad at these hospitals, maybe something should be done about these ratios, but it, the patients are going to be endangered even more if there's a walkout? Right. So... 
the long-term consequence, what we're doing now is to stop any further deterioration, and we need to stop it now. And, of mm. course, we don't have to strike, obviously. Management can come to the table and stop this uh, at any time, and we want them to. The goal is not to strike. The goal is to get a contract that helps us protect our patients. But we're willing to strike uh, because the long-term consequences of not addressing this situation far outweighs any temporary stoppage of work. And, and in order to rectify that problem, we're willing to do whatever it takes um, to, to stop this progressive decline in, in, in care for our patients and our communities. And how many times has NISNA, the nurses' union, met with management over since the we, contract expired or in the run-up to the contract expiring? Or, yeah, just up to now. So we had our first meeting with management in the end of October, and since then we have had 30 days which we've met with them. Mm. And that's over a period of several months, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and when, keep in mind that yeah. we can get this contract done in one day if, 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 if management puts their head to it, and we're willing to do that. Hmm. Well, let's talk some more about this after this break. Uh, got some more questions, uh, and I'm, I would love to learn more about what's going on here in this rank-and-file fight going on in the New York City hospitals right now. We're going to take a quick break and be back in a moment. Now, I understand both um, – oh, first, I should tell you, you're listening to Indie Radio on WBAI 99.5. And if you're just tuning in, I'm joined here by Shauna Murphy. Um, she's a neonatal intensive care unit nurse at New York Presbyterian. And her colleague, Anthony Siapa, and he is first vice president of the New York State Nurses Association, or NISNA. And they are preparing to walk out – in, uh, to win their demand of improved patient care, uh, specifically the reduction of patient-to-nurse ratios at New York City hospitals, New York City's three private hospitals, that's Montefiore, New York Presbyterian, of course, and Mount Sinai. And we're on here talking about the reasons behind the strike. And, it, and uh, the first thing I've learned from these nurses is this is the last thing they've wanted. And so... I think I guess my next question for both of you is I know you've both been involved in these contract negotiations. Are these hospitals hard up? Are they hard up for cash, hard strapped for money? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> definitely not. These are some of the most profitable uh, health care systems in the nation where uh, CEOs earn exorbitant salaries in the million. Mm. And we're not talking about you know hospital systems that are one or two millions in the plus. We're we're talking about tens of millions of dollars, uh, and, and, com and combined, I, I can't even wrap my head around the, the, the type of money that these systems make. So we're talking about very wealthy hospital systems that are uh, being run like corporations. And when you run a hospital like a corporation, you start making cuts on the front lines. Uh, human beings suffer, and 
And that's why we're taking this important charge today to protect the welfare of our patients and our profession. Mm, I see. And I, I, you know, I think it's interesting. I, I was talking to, to Judy uh, Sheridan Gonzalez, uh, the president of NISNA, and she mentioned there were plans to sort of set up free healthcare clinics outside of these hospitals. Are either of you involved in that? Um, Shauna, do you want to say a little bit about this? Like, what's going to happen to the patients when the strike is going on? Uh, I guess that's what probably a lot of people listening are wondering. So we've given a 14-day notice. So we're giving the hospitals every opportunity to transfer out patients, to bring down census um, to other hospitals that will not be striking. And we want the, the community to know that we do um, we do want to care for them and we are there for them. So we will have clinics outside of the hospitals on our on our strike lines doing blood pressure checks, doing screenings, um, so that we are still here for the community and we still want to provide care. We are not striking our patients. We are striking the hospital, but we are still here for our, our patients and our community. Mm. And let's talk about that community. I understand uh, this seems kind of unique to me that some of the community groups, some community groups were actually brought into the bargaining process. Do either of you want to talk about that? Yes, um, we have a lot of support uh, fr from our community groups. Uh, we uh, regularly attend our local community board meetings at each uh, respective hospital. Uh, we're very much involved with the community because we work and live in those communities. So uh, the community boards have signed on and uh, passed resolutions uh, to help pass uh, safe staffing uh, ratios and measures, including my hometown of uh, Yonkers, uh, New York, and I regularly attend in, uh, in Shauna, also the Community Board 12 in Washington Heights, and they've been incredibly uh, supportive and understanding and have attended our picket lines. Um, we really are the people, and, and, and the people have, uh, you know, have, have had enough of being shortchanged when it comes to patient care. We can do better. We deserve better, and uh, we're we're going to do what it takes to get better. You mean you're telling me you two went to nursing school and worked 12-hour shifts uh, uh, for for the, the passion of it, not not to become millionaires? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's uh, right. And community, uh, these community outreach committees, that, that's part of the demands uh, I was looking at. You, you would like something like that to be instituted at the hospitals where you work? Yes. So mm -hmm. right now the way that the hospitals and, and NISNA work is that we each reach out to the community separately and try to overcome some issues that we have in common. We're asking the hospital to work with us and the community together so we can solve problems all on the same page and come to a solution together. Mm. And so at, at, right now there's this contract fight going on uh, over the patient-to-nurse ratios, but there's also a bill uh, in the New York State Legislature called the Safe Staffing Quality of Care Act that would uh, do something that do the same thing basically that you're demanding for your contract uh, is this why why put this in the contract if there's also already a political fight going on is this uh, yeah do you, you want to say something about that yeah and, and thank you for raising that mm -hmm. important bill um, what we're doing is we're we need to uh, whatever avenue we possibly can uh, to get this done. Uh, this is a bill similar to the one that was introduced and passed in California. Uh, it's incredibly important, and, and again, uh, lots, many, many, many local towns have adopted resolutions to adopt this uh, staffing ratios bill, 
And what it basically says is that there's a maximum number of patients, and I think that it's common sense to think this way, that there's a maximum number of patients that a nurse can safely care for. Mm. So in California, in the emergency room, the ratio, and I'm forgetting a little bit on this, but I think it's one to four or one to five in the emergency room. But it's not uncommon in New York City emergency rooms that nurses are taking 10, 12, 15, and more patients. Um, that's incredibly unsafe. It's just as unsafe as it sounds. But what is uh, even more unsafe than that is that if we are actually able to take a lunch, the expectation is that we cover each other. So our patient loads double. So that nurse in the emergency room who has 10 or 15 patients for the hour lunch can end up with 20 or 30 patients. Mm -hmm. And that makes no sense, especially when you look at daycare. Daycare in New York City uh, there's a maximum number of children that a patient, uh, I'm sorry, that a caregiver can, can be assigned. Yeah. But if you take that child and you bring them into the emergency room and they need critical medications and they need, there's, and resuscitation, there's no, uh, there's no limit to how many patients that nurse can take. So the healthy child gets a ratio, but once admitted into the hospital, there is no ratio, and that makes no sense. And that's why it's so important to get a bill like this passed. Well put, and I think this uh, this contract fight is really shedding a light on the situation in, in New York's private hospitals, and also there's a, a contract coming up for the nurses working in, in public hospitals, and I understand they've been coming out and being su being supportive of, of your struggle. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, yes. we're all nice and nurses, and we, we all stand for each other, and, yeah. and we'll fight together for all of our issues. Great. Well, right. and, and Brooklyn, too, is coming up. Mm. And uh, so we're about, about out of time, but I want to, uh, Shauna, do you, do you have anything you want to emphasize and make sure the folks at home here in New York City uh, uh, understand what's going on and maybe how they can support the strike and what, what's going on next? So I love my job. I love being a nurse. I love working for New York Presbyterian. I uh, am in awe of the things that we do in the hospital each and every day. I want to be able to better support my patients and better support the families that I care for. This is for all the patients that I will take care of in the future and all of, you know, all of the lives that I'll be able to change by, by having time and the ability to, to care properly for them. So this is something that we care very much about. It, it's all about our patients. Everything we do as nurses is, is for our patients and for the community. So we cannot stress that enough. I, I, I want to be able to, to take care of them in, in the best way and the most appropriate way possible. Mm. All right. Well, that about does it for Indie Radio News. I want to thank my guest, Shauna Murphy and Anthony Sia Kappa. Uh, excuse me. Yep. Uh, Nizna nurses fighting for improved patient care. They're going to potentially go on strike on, Mar on April 2nd. Um, and lastly, I want to just say, I uh, hope everyone had a happy St. Patrick's Day or uh, avoided it if that was your desire. And uh, just want to give a, a big shout out to all the new arrivals in America and people fighting for their place in this country, just like the Irish did. Um, luck of the Irish to you against the forces of bigotry. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, see you next Monday at 6 p.m. on Indie Radio News. Fear. They're afraid of chemtrails. Mm, not true. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. 
that's not true. That's not true. Excessive consumerism, a, a consumption for profit system. And you're purveying this. That's not true either. You know, make an automobile that can be used as a form of transportation, but maybe not be wasteful and constantly need to be replaced. How do we know that you're not a tool of the corporation trying to frighten us with GMOs and chemtrails? I'm not trying to frighten anyone. How do we know you're not an agent provocateur? I'm Jeff Brady, host of In Other News. Tune in Monday at its new time, 9 p.m., right here on WBAI 99.5 FM, New York. You're tuned to listener-sponsored, non-commercial WBAI New York, broadcasting at 99.5 FM, streaming at WBAI.org. I'm Linda Perry, letting you know that in my new capacity as program director, I'll be on with WBAI station manager Bertolt Reimers delivering WBAI's report to the listener. It's scheduled for Tuesday, March 19th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Join us for an update on WBAI's fund drive and financial outlook and for a look at programs and what the station has on the agenda in coming weeks. That's Tuesday, March 19th from 10 a.m. to noon. Join us. Welcome to Counterspin, your weekly look behind the headlines. I'm Janine Jackson. This week on Counterspin, as a report, as a report, as a report, as a report.